When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's the new dropback. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chessy Hour. My name is Daniel Sof and I am joined with Babs. What are you saying, Babs? I'm very, very well. How are you doing, bro? Very, very well. I'm good. Um, and then we've also got Shems. What are you saying, Shems? You're always good, man. Yeah, I don't know how to respond to that. But <laughs> Shemmy didn't even ask the question. You just said, yeah, what's I good? Don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea's tired of that, man. All right, cool. So uh, obviously it's Chelsea hour. Um, It's good because for some reason we're deep into the season, but I just feel like we haven't done many like pods that are just about reviews of games. But obviously we've just played in the Champions League against Milan. This is the big one. We're in the group with Salzburg. Babs, who's the other team? Because I can't remember what the other team's name is. Dynamo. Dynamo Zagreb. Zagreb, not yeah. bad. But I'm saying AC Milan, when the draw was made, and this was our one, AC Milan's the big one. Obviously, the form has been bad. We were bottom of the table. Coming into the Milan game, I saw a lot of Chelsea fans almost, it seemed like they were excited that Leal was, uh, was going to bop us, Tonali was going to bop us, Benacer was going to bop us. Obviously, like there's no spoilers. We won the game 3-1, and we're going to talk about it today. 
Um, so coming into Wait, what, the game, I don't remember. did we concede the goal? 3-0, brother. Three 0 <laughs> Okay, let that, me get that's how you know that's that's not used to to us um keeping clean sheets. Cards of the table, cards of the table. I was doing something else, so yeah, it was 3-0. Um, Babs and Shemi, you watched the game in full. I watched the highlights. Um, Babs coming into the game. I know you actually watch AC Milan quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And and you, you rate a lot of their players because I know that you talk about Kalulu, um, Tomori, um, not Leo. Tomori, not Tomori. It's, it's, it's Kalulu, Benasser, Tonali. Those are the main ones that I've been, I've been fans mm-hmm. of. And Leo, right? Yeah, you mentioned him. Yeah, of and, course, and Leo, you, of course. You, you, really, you really distance yourself from tomorrow. You don't rate tomorrow like that. No, no, it's not. I, I, I'm distancing myself from I'm just saying, like, he's not, he's not the guy that I, I really, like, talk about that much in, in terms of, like, the Milan boys, bro. So, coming to this game, since you rate a few of the players, and it seems like those players played, what, did you think it might be a difficult uh, day for Chelsea? No. So, um, before the game, I don't know if anybody's listened that's listening now, but we did a Patreon special, me and Shemi. And what we what what we spoke about is the fact that for me Milan's attack is quite blunt, but the main threat is Liao, you know, mm-hmm. the, and just the fact that um Giroud is quite a, obviously um delivery folk delivery heavy like oriented just to just do like how where he's in his career etc. So if he doesn't really have anybody providing for him, we should be okay, and that's pretty much how it works out. And one thing that we did point out as well that their main strength is their midfield, you know, um, mm-hmm. Tonali and Benasser, and as we saw earlier on when. They were having their good spells. That's where they were causing natural problems for us. So it kind of like worked out how I expected. I, I did expect us to win the game pretty comfortably. So it was good to see that, you know get the win at the end. Half me wants to ask the question. Half me is like, go listen to the Patreon. But I'm ask, ask the question. Ask the question. On on the Patreon, did you um, make predictions? I don't think we did. Did we, Shemi? Um I, I remember. I remember saying that we would beat Palace and AC Milan. Okay, but I don't right. think I made a score prediction. Yeah. So, yeah. so Shemi, coming to you, how yeah, familiar? Yeah, score predictions now. Okay, cool. Shemi, coming to you, how familiar were you with AC Milan as like a team? To be honest, um, I've only I only watched a few games of them in the Champions League, so I weren't familiar with all their players. The only players mm-hmm. I was really familiar with was the bait ones like Liao, Giroud, mm-hmm. and Tamori. But from the few like couple games I watched of them in the Champions League, um, it felt like as if if you could um, numb the threat of Liao, then you'd be fine. Um, it didn't seem like they have too many um, attacking threats to worry us, especially like under the bridge at Stanford, um, under the lights at Stanford Bridge in the Champions League, were yeah. usually quite good. But um, also, I, I think they also had a few injuries as well. I think they were missing their first choice fullbacks and the goalkeeper. But either way, um, I wasn't worried at all. Um, I thought we would win the game quite comfortably. comfortably you know, that's what happened. You know what's interesting because obviously it hasn't been plain sailing for us, even against the the, the smaller names, Zagreb, you know, mm. Salzburg. So where did this confidence come from that we were able to, you know, get that win against Milan? Do you know what? I think partly because we had to win as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's partly where it came from as well. And just the fact that I feel like um, it was... Yeah, I think that was mainly it, just because we had to win. And because it was under the lights, kind of, at like, I think we've produced quite a few um, really good performances at mm-hmm. home. Um, I think you've... Um, I mentioned it on a Patreon, but the Juventus game last season... Mm. Um, was yeah, it was, was one yeah, that, that, that came one, to that mind? Chance, yeah, it seems like like a lot of the time when we're um, at at home um, in the in the Champions League, we usually seem to deliver, especially when we need to. You know, there's like I mentioned, like obviously crunch time knockout games, but it's also been big crunch time group games that we've delivered in as well in the past. Like I remember um, Jogba getting us through um, a couple. So yeah, I think that was part of the reason as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just had a feeling, man. I didn't think AC were going to come and 
and really trouble us like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Babs, what about you? Um, so mine was mainly similar to what um, Sherman just mentioned earlier on, you know, heavily on the fact that their main left-back was injured, their goalkeeper was injured. It was something that I mentioned in the group chat quite a while ago that those guys were going to be out for a couple of weeks, so they're going to miss both legs. So if we can just get shots on target, that keeper there is not a good keeper at all. You know, so yeah. we, we should be, you know, really testing him and getting a couple of goals in. So I thought that that was the main part for me. And similar to what Shemi said, it's just the fact that we had to win that game. So, you know what, as a fan, you sometimes you, you, you kind of have to make yourself have like blind hope. Mm. I guess you could say that's what I kind of had, you know, going into this game that, okay. you know what, I just hope that we're going to win the game. So I'm just going to just go in and just be positive, which is a change yeah, yeah. for me, I guess how some would say. Yeah, it is a change. It is a change. Stick to stick. For me, it's difficult. it was difficult for me to have conviction just because Potter in the Champions League, it's new for him. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I Not that he's going to struggle, but because obviously Di Matteo in the Champions League was new for him. Avram Grant in the Champions League is new for him. So not necessarily that he's going to struggle, but it's just like sometimes you don't know people can overcomplicate things I, you just don't know i don't know potter in the champions league so obviously that is a little bit of a question mark and then just in terms of the general feeling of chelsea especially when we concede whenever that happens i just don't know if like we get too down on ourselves like the heads drop and then the crowd starts you know creating this downward cycle of you know no hope or whatever and so for me i couldn't just go into the game having the conviction um, it's interesting because uh, Shemi, you mentioned Champions League nights bringing it through. I know that Ajax game it was a draw, but similar to I, I felt at that game when I was watching it, or I think I watched it because I wasn't watching it live. But um, yeah, champ- that, that there's still a little bit of that Chelsea Champions League dog. You know, we still got that dog in us, you know, a little bit of that. So maybe, yeah, maybe that pulled us through. So coming to the game, obviously lineups. Um, everybody would have their own different ideas of who should start. One thing I did notice on the timeline when it, the lineup came out is that a lot of people were unhappy that Mount started. Um, why are they surprised? Number one, <laughs> like why, why are they surprised that Mount started? I didn't know that Mount's place was up for debate for this game. Why? Why do you think that pe- a lot of people were so shocked that Mount started this match? I mean, yeah, it's the same story every week. Um, they just don't ever really learn. Um, <laughs> I, I was actually kind of surprised because I, I thought Kai was injured. Um, sorry, I wasn't surprised because I thought Kai was injured. Um, he ended up coming on um, mm-hmm. in the second half, but I thought Kai was just out of it completely. But yeah, um, to answer your question, I actually don't know. Like, it's as if we, they just never learn each week. Mount is someone that is a, he's a manager's favourite. Um, he's um, very flexible tactically. So even when he's not in the greatest of form, maybe he might be... Um, not putting up numbers um, in a specific moment in time, um, the manager's always inclined to kind of um, go with him just because of his flexibility, the fact that he can... I remember in the first Champions League, um, in Graham Potter's first game, he actually played him in midfield. Um, today, he was um, Yesterday, he was able to play him in a forward line. Um, so that little bit of flexibility that he's got, obviously, you know you're always going to get the intensity and, you know, the work rate off the ball. So, you know, he's a, he's a dream for every manager. So, yeah, I don't know why they keep tricking themselves to think it might will be dropped um, if he's available. And yeah, so I, I don't know why they were surprised. I can't lie. I think, I think, so I think this game was different because mm. generally, like when Mount's in the starting line, I don't see that kind of pushback. But this game, it seemed like there was a lot. Actually, it might be the fact that 
he hasn't scored uh, or assisted for ages. And I, I think I really hate this kind of reduction to you've only performed if you've scored or you've assisted. Yeah. But, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Mount's been playing well enough to start. But Babs, why do you think that this particular game, because that's why I felt this particular game, there was this like kind of whole surprise when they saw Mount on, on the team sheet. I thought it was a surprise, but it's actually something that me and Shemi have touched upon on the Patreon special, whereby we spoke about the fact that would Mount start or not? And what we came to the conclusion was that it was going to be down to Potter. Well, wait, 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 wait. I feel like we're giving too many spoilers from the, this Patreon. And I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to listen to it. But we okay. can cut that. Okay, to so listeners, you, you guys, you, you guys that enjoy that, but we did speak upon that and just the fact that he yeah. is a player that, you know, he... he He's a manager's favourite and he's been proven time and time again. So I, I'm not sure why people are, are surprised at this point. But hey, look, man, the, the, the kid's inevitable, you know, as, as, as some people say. So for me, is a plus having him in, you know, because he's tactically flexible. You know, he helps us, you know, do so many things on the pitch. So I'm, I'm never really going to complain about him starting, you know, a, a game for Chelsea. So that's, that's me personally. But why I think people are surprised was just the fact that it's been a cumul- it's been a accumulation. It's been a you know what I mean. It's, it's been like it's been like a, yeah, it's been like a, an accumulation of like poor performances. So yeah. when that kind of stuff does happen, and you've seen and people have seen Pulisic come on, you know, and have a good cameo, as yeah. per se, people are happy and they're like, okay, you know what, maybe he's gonna start a game now. So I feel like that that's kind of like what also builds into it. That was definitely yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah he, he was he wasn't good against Palace. He yeah, was, I saw. I saw Pulisic um, fans disappointed that that didn't earn him a start. Hey, and, tell that man, hold him. Let me finish that sentence. Okay, hurry on, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really intrigued. <laughs> <by> that <laughs> That's going to go on the next Patreon. But listen, <laughs> but listen, the thing is with Pulisic is, for me, the vibe that I've been getting for him and his whole camp is that he's off anyway. So I don't know, even with players being in bad form I don't know why we would prioritize trying to make the team work with someone that isn't going to be here long term so that's kind of my viewpoint on the Pulisic thing so it's interesting Mount obviously was debated um Oba started um was any of you kind of expecting Broch to start maybe or maybe like a Kai or which how did you feel about Oba starting again you know I I was happy he started yes I'm actually very very happy he started not because I'm a fan of him but Something that Dan's raised, you know, really well is, the, is the, it's just the importance of continuity for a striker mm-hmm. and allowing them to play themselves into form, you know, and allowing themselves to have like a consistent run up top to, you know, build up an accumulation of performances and, and hopefully go. So, personally, yeah. I was happy to see him start and um, try to build towards that. So, yeah. for me, I, I think it's actually a W having him, you know, playing up top. And I don't see any reason why Broha deserves to come in and just be, become a starter without earning it. That's you know, what like, I'm saying. Just because yeah. you come from the academy doesn't mean you have like inherent right to, you know, play for yeah. Chelsea. I know people yeah. are going to be like, oh, well, I'm having I thought you were a couple nah, I've got a bit of balance. Like, and for me, I feel like it's important as fans to remember that at the end of the day, football is a profession. You know? Like, you're not going to just get handed things, you know. Well, some people do get handed things, but you're not always going to get handed <laughs> things that, you know, so easily. Yeah, and, and and just to add to that, um, I completely agree because I think coming off the back of his goal against Palace, which was a really really good goal by the way, um, and generally he had a, he had a pretty pretty good performance against Palace. Mm. 
I think he'll, yeah, like you said, it's important for strikers to have momentum and continue on their good form. And I actually think on the Brugia point, I actually think that what we have right now is actually kind of perfect in terms of um, we have two proper strikers, yeah. um, and they both bring two different things. So when Abba's on the pitch, I feel like you know we've got you know that sharpness, that movement in behind, um, and someone who's kind of who's been there and done it. So he he's very instinctive. Very good instinctive striker because he's you know he's he's been scoring goals for years, um, and that that showed in especially in his Palace goal, um, just instincts. You know what I mean? Um, again, the goal yesterday, he knew where to be when James crossed it, and then when Brewer's on the pitch, we have that kind of like that physicality. Um, yeah. Someone who's very dogged, he's gonna fight for those balls. We can probably go a little bit more direct when he's on the pitch. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, I actually like the situation we have right now, and it feels like we haven't had this in years where where like you know um, I feel like we have two useful strikers who can actually bring two different things, two good things. I think last year when we had Lukaku and Havertz, um, when Lukaku was on the pitch, it didn't always feel like he was in, he was doing anything really or involved. Um, when Havertz was on the pitch, yeah, he was he, it was better, but um, it didn't feel like we had another option. But um, it feels like now, especially if Abba can continue his goal-scoring form, it feels like we've got two proper options. Um, and I say that because... Um, I've I've not really got any doubts about Borussia. I think um, he, there's a there's a there's a goal scorer there, especially like you know when he's, if he's to play from the start um, and get a, a proper minutes, um, there's a goal scorer there. Um, and I feel like his rotational um, his rotational role right now in terms of coming on, you know, last stages of games, um, probably going to start like the cup games and stuff, especially for his age. I feel like it's perfect right now. Um, but as you said, like Aubameyang, I feel like yeah, he should be the number one. Um, Got another goal yesterday, and I think another thing that sorry, just speaking on about Miang, he's actually yeah. kind of surprised me in terms of um his hold up play. Um, mm. the ball like the ball goes up to him, so in the especially so we saw it um glimpses of it in the Palace game, yeah. um, and then we saw it more yesterday when the ball goes up to him and it's really sticking. And yeah. for someone who's so lean, um, it's kind of shocked me. I didn't feel like um he had that to his game, um, but that's something I've observed over the last two games. The ball going up to be stick is sticking, and he's also linking really well with Mason. And Sterling, um, you saw it. You saw that you saw the link up for Mason's disallowed goal, which was offside. Um, mm. And I saw him link, link with Sterling a few times on the weekend against Palace. So he seems to kind of be forming some connections there, which is really positive. So yeah, hopefully he can continue scoring as well. Yeah, and I'll, listen, I'll say just listening to you and Babs, I'm proud. You're like the brochures of Chelsea. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like you, you guys can do it yourself, but obviously. I'm I'm not Aubameyang, the experienced guy. Um, <laughs> what, what are you saying? The, the, the washed up guy, you know, you, 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 yeah, you yeah, go yeah, past yeah. it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You guys are taking my spots. But no, what's interesting is I really like the dynamics. When you said that we haven't had multiple options, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I do agree with the Lukaku Kai thing. I just feel like it wasn't good. But when we, I thought when we had Tammy, Giroud, Batshuayi, they're like at least three strikers. Like with Kai Havertz, Kai Havertz, like I, I say all the time, like he played most of his youth and then in like Bayer Leverkusen, all in midfield and maybe attacking midfield. He was learning as a striker. And then Lukaku, again, we had basically, it was just a midfielder that's trying a project striker and then Lukaku. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? A hundred million purchase who, again, we've seen at Man United um, and other and a lot of other places, like he gets the hump, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but right now, with having Oba and having Broja, I kind of see it like when City had Aguero and Jesus. And I always think that's a kind of good situation where it's like 
a young buck that's kind of not necessarily had regular football yet, that's trying to win his place and trying to like build his name and build his brand with like an older guy who you can kind of rely on. And I just feel like what Bab said before in terms of we don't have to force it. Do you know what I'm saying? We don't have to force it. Yeah, thanks. Let, when it comes down to it, if we play Brozier and then all of a sudden he goes through a goal drought, which is kind of, he's never carried a team before, so it's not going to be a shocker. Like, then everybody will start saying he's not good enough. Not, he's not good enough. I think in that Tammy season, what I what I think Lampard should have done was he should have made Giroud the third, first choice striker. Or, like, even bats. I know people won't take it, but just not Tammy, because then what happened was he made Tammy that first guy, and then he wanted to bring someone else in, and then Tammy kind of went backwards because he wasn't starting, and that's why Tammy wanted to leave. But I feel like this is good. I don't think we should rush Brozier too much. Um, and I think that it's good because I think he's come on. I think looking at um, Aubameyang, he's averaged like 60 minutes a game. So, sorry. Mm. He's averaged like 60 minutes a game and he scored two goals. And so like I feel like this can work well. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Aubameyang's older, he can't play every single game, so Brozier's got to come in. But mm-hmm. um, any other surprises in the lineup for you before we get into the meat of the game? Um... I, I I was a bit surprised to see Ruben. I was I, I didn't mind it, but I was a bit surprised. I thought Jorginho would have slide. Yeah. Um. But uh, and I was also surprised to see Chilwell. I thought Cagrillo was going to come straight back in. But uh, yeah, apart from that. But yeah, the Loftus Cheek one's interesting because I can t- I've been able to tell since Potter's come in, even though he hasn't always started, he's always got Ruben on. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's always been involved, so I can see that they rate him. And I think the last game, I think he subbed Jorginho. Was there an injury? It looked like I checked the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He limped off with like a hip like, injury. Yeah, it looked like yeah. it was an injury. So maybe it's just resting him. But I just feel like mm. there's trust in Ruben off this cheek. And yeah. it's, it's always good to see because I remember um, start of last season, I put up a Ruben off this cheek on the Chelsea uh, hour and everyone was saying, oh, Ruben off this cheek in 2021. And like right now, no one complains. I feel like yeah, even... Yes. Yeah, after mm. after his name was there, no one was saying why is he there, etc. So it was good. Um, okay, so going into the game, Babs, do you want to give it a little summary? Because um, so kicking off, uh, we did definitely start a bit slow, which you know it seems to be a bit of like a habit that we've seen to um, pick up on recent times. You know, I don't know if it's complacency or just you know players still learning what Potter wants us to do. Or just it being a Chelsea thing at the moment, but it does seem as though we start a bit complacent and we allow our opponent to um, get in the game and really put their foot, a foot on it. You know, similar to what happened against Palace, whereby you know they had that early bit of pressure, but at the first 10, 20 minutes, they got their goal as well as their reward. You know, it kind of seems as though we, we've allowed teams to do that a bit more this season. So similar to that, you did see Tonali, you know, being able to put his foot on the ball, you know, being able to control the tempo of the game and and, and even like have. AC Milan, you know, put like real pieces of like play together, and it was something that obviously, you know, I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure a lot of fans weren't really expecting to happen, you know, so early on in the game, but it does seem to be a bit of a habit that we've made. But obviously, apart from that, Liao did have um, an interesting start to the game. You know, he was going at Adam James and Fofana, but they seemed to hold up pretty well, which is a good sign to see. And then we get the lucky goal, you know, from Fofana, you know, his first Chelsea goal in the Champions League from a set piece. And from then, we did seem to become a bit more into the ascendancy. Um, one thing that I found interesting was at like, the midfield too. At first, it kind of felt as though like, Ruben was a bit scared to like show for the ball. 
in the middle of the park. But as the game grew on, he did get a bit more com- comfortable in the game and he was able to show a lot more promise. I felt Chilwa and Koulibaly, they were a bit shaky at the beginning, especially on the left-hand side. There was a bit of like an over-reliance on building up down the side of, of Reese James, which was something interesting. But I'm not sure what's going on on, on the left-hand side. But I definitely think that Chilwa shouldn't be rushed in because it's still been, what, like nearly nine plus months of him not playing football, you know, consistently. So we definitely shouldn't be rushing him, you know, in coming back from an ACL injury. So damage is to follow as well. But other than that, Saga Silver, so, as per usual, you know, an absolute Rolls Royce. You know, Fafan had a bit of like a a, a a mess, you know, in the first half, and then you literally just see Thiago Silva just clean it up like with absolute ease. And right. that guy there, he's just he's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. Other than that, Reese James, you know, as per usual, you know, there's, you you, you kind of run out of superlatives to use to describe. Let's him, wait, you know, let's just, wait yeah, let him have his segment. Let him have his segment. Okay, okay. I'm I'm not gonna go into it, but you know, <laughs> there's just so many. There's just so much you can say about yeah, the, the, the but game. But you wanted like, you wanted to come in. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to come in on the chill point. Sorry, just quickly, I just wanted to say that um, I think I don't. I agree with you in terms of rushing, but I feel like it's important to give him minutes. I just feel like it's important not to um. Uh, rush in terms of the judgment of him, if that makes sense, not to write him yeah. off too soon because I feel like yeah. the only way he's going to get back to his best is if he plays. Do you get me? So, um, and I think Cucurella was actually ill. Um, I know he's on the bench, but um, yeah. I think you know, what I mean, I feel like the only way he's going to get back to his best is if he plays and we, we actually allow him to play through the, the rusty patch so that he can get back to his best form. Do you understand? So, yeah, I feel like, agreed. um, I feel like it's okay from now on to kind of play him. Um, but I feel like we just, in terms of the judgment, I feel like that's where the, the well, Russians should, should come. I think it's Chelsea fans are going to, especially yeah, the exactly. fans, they're, they're going to do it. But what's interesting about Babs, what you were saying, is I saw a quote from Tenali this morning, and he was saying that Chelsea started with an extra gear compared to us, and it was visible from the start. We need to use this experience and learn from it as an example for so many other matches. So, Shep, Jimmy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not quite sure where you got that from, because I feel like, I feel like we weren't, really at our best for like yeah, like 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 Bab says up until for final scored really um I feel like our passer was quite sloppy um and generally like we 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 won that game quite comfortably without playing to our potential best in my opinion like to how yeah. good we can really play. Um I think Milan kind of helped us in a way because um they didn't offer anything and also um they were actually quite sloppy on the ball too. Um but yeah like Bab says I think after that 30 minutes we settled down and we actually started to kind of control the game a little bit more. I think Ruben got through some really good defensive work for a lot of the game. Um, I, re- I, re- I really liked the connection that James and Sterling were kind of building up on that right-hand side, even though um, I would prefer Sterling on the left-hand side, but I can kind of touch on that later. Um, yeah. they, 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 they linked up really, really well. Um, and yeah, I think overall it was pretty comfortable in the end. I think for the second half especially, it was very, very comfortable. We didn't actually have to get our second gear. Um, but I, I still feel like we can play a lot better than what we did yesterday. Even though we were good, um, I still feel like there's still another another level to get to, um, just in terms of you know keeping the ball um, and making the passes actually stick. Because a lot of our play- passes were, were, were off. Um, some yeah. were going out out of the play. Some were you know just a bit wild of, of the mark. Um, but I think going forward, as sorry as a positive, I think going forward was 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 good. I think um, in the first couple of games. So against um in, in Potter's first Champions League game uh, against Salzburg and then the next game against uh was it Palace? Yeah, I felt I still felt that we were missing um the chemistry in attack. 
But yeah. I think yesterday um, there was a lot more positive signs, like I alluded to earlier. Um, Abambiang was link play was was really good with um, with Mount and Sterling. You know, Mount as usual, he's a good link up man. Sterling as well, top player. You know, he knows how to link play. So I feel like there was there was more positive signs in that regard going forward. Um, yeah. But overall, yeah, good um, good result. Um, but there's still probably another level to go. I say. Um, and then yeah, I I saw Sterling first half. People complained that Sterling was wasteful. I don't know what you think about that. Is that something? You um, there was a chance when he went through on goal, which yeah was a little bit wasteful. But I think Sterling's overall play was good. Like when he was dropping deep, um, he one thing he does really well. He's doing really well. It's like protecting the ball, kind of like what Eden used to do, where he would get the ball, use his body, and like draw a free kick, which I thought was good. Um, I think, yeah, I, I kind of understood the frustration. I think a couple of times in the box yesterday, he was quite wasteful. That's true. But I don't think that um, I don't think that overshadowed his overall game because I think his overall game was actually pretty good in terms of yeah. everything else. I think, so, yeah. So the reason I want to ask you about that, um, and then Babs, you can come in after, is I feel like a lot of his games, he gets in the chances, but he doesn't necessarily score. And I think that we have to be a bit more, you know, realistic that just because he's in a good situation doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a goal. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like we need to celebrate the fact that Sterling is someone that seems to be getting in the chances regularly. They're not all going to go in. But obviously, because he gets in the chances regularly, hopefully one of them goes in or two of them goes in. Um, but yeah, so that's just kind of my thing on it. Because I saw, like, again, early on in the season, I was there and people complaining, complaining, complaining. And he scored a goal and it shut him up. But it shouldn't be that. I was listening to Tachi Guna's pod and they were talking about how when Saliba scored an own goal, they started to chant his, like that chant, Saliba, I think, because they wanted to encourage him. And they were comparing it with the atmosphere in the Emirates now, saying that nothing would, like, that wouldn't happen two, three years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? They're saying that the general kind of atmosphere in the Emirates and, the, like, with Arsenal fans is that actually these players can make mistakes and it, doesn't necessarily like they're allowed to because again they're humans all these footballers are humans not everything's gonna go right and so that kind of helps them and emboldens the players because they can try things and I just feel like at Chelsea sometimes it can be a bit too moany groany let me attack this player let me take that, that player etc etc and I just feel like with Sterling not everything's going to go in but the fact that he's in and around the chances and he's scoring too if it was a Werner thing where he's constantly in and around the chances and he's never scoring I get but he's scoring too. I feel like we should allow some slack. Babs, what do you think? No, I, I think you perfectly summed up. It's honestly, um, I think it's interesting because when you, when you look at what Sterling is offering us, you know, as a, as an overall threat, you know, his ability to progress the ball, his ability to take as one being one on, you know, just carrying it, being strong in duels, you know, not being easy to bully off the ball. I think there's so many positives that he adds, you know, in terms of his technical security going forward. So I'm not sure what fans want in particular, but and I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like some fans, you know, still in, in that mindset of, you know, a lot of people didn't really want him in the first place. So it's kind of like, mm. you know, you didn't want him in the first place. And now we have confirmation like bias. I don't exactly. like that. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, neither, yeah. neither do I, though. Neither, neither do I, I, I. I think what you said is so important, though, in, in terms of like focusing on the positives and what he's bringing. Um, because, like I said, even like when he's not even around the chances yet, like every game I've watched of him, his ability to secure the ball has been great and use his body, mm. his balance is amazing, strength, do you know what I mean? He's rarely getting dispossessed, um, winning free kicks. These things are important. 
um, as well as putting up the numbers. He's actually got six goals, four, so it's four goals, two assists. Um, uh, it's about what 10, 11 games, something yeah. like that. That's so, the type of that's the type of um, numbers that our players usually get in the season. Our attackers usually get in the season. exactly Bruh. the whole season. <laughs> that's, that's what we've been doing <sighs> in over yeah. thirty eight games. So let's just talk. Mean? It continues. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? So like Sterling is actually he's doing he's more than doing his part, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, like I think anyone who he's watched Sterling over the years um, in the Premier League for Manchester City um, will know that yeah he has these games where you know in front of goal he might he might he might miss the odd. Um, really good chance that he should talk or like you know he might have the odd game where he's not at his best but like so does everyone else do you know what i mean but at the end of the day sterling is still that guy do you know what i mean yeah. he's still still a top top player so i think yeah. fans just need to allow it and just appreciate what we got so in the attack we had or was it a two in attack so it was Aubameyang, sterling and who was the third guy mount mount the mount was the third the mount the reaction that i've seen is that he didn't score and he didn't get assists, but everyone was happy with his performance. I even saw some of his biggest detractors saying, actually, he had a good performance. So, what did tell me about Mount's performance? I don't know. Do you want to go Shemus or should, should I go first? You can go. Yeah, so I thought he started off a bit of shakily. I'm not sure if like it's the nerves that are kind of, kind of like starting to build up with him, you know, in terms of the fact that you know, he hasn't really gotten on the score sheet this season as, as of yet. So, I'm, I'm not sure what was happening there. So, like, there was a bit of times where like, He'd have like a really nice piece of play whereby like he'd get past a man here or there and he'd just slip and you kind of see that it was kind of like playing on his mind. But when he started to simplify his game, you know, hold up possession well, you know, spread out play, help us progress play, it seemed to be a whole lot better. And he was offering a, a quite a good outlet um, for Chua to be able to like play. And one thing that um, I actually wanted to touch upon that we've seen a lot more under Potter is, you know, switches of play and that's one thing that Mount was doing quite a bit, whereby he was switching the plane to Reese, and he had a lot of space to be able to run into and create chances. And yeah, that, that was a positive. I don't think it was his best of games, but I don't think it was by, by anywhere near as bad as what we saw in some other games. But I do definitely think that there's definitely a level for him that he still needs to reach. And I definitely think that there probably is some space for him to, you know, be taken away from the limelight, you know, have a couple of games where he's rested a bit and, having other players, you know, come in and try and make a stake, stake for the team. But personally for me, I thought he had a strong game. I yeah. thought it was really good in possession. I don't, I don't think it was wasteful at all, which was a good thing to see. And yeah, hopefully this is like the start of something positive for him. Yeah. Uh, Shem, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, he was, he contributed well to the team. Um, everything that was good about the team. I think against Palace, he was a bit, um, what's I'm looking for? A bit rushed a bit rash, you know, trying to force things a little bit, um, especially in and around the box. But I think again, yesterday against Milan, it was a completely different game. He was a lot more measured, um, a lot better, got his head up a lot. Um, and yeah, it was very, very secure in possession. Didn't waste it, like I've said. Um, overall, yeah, solid game. Solid game, I think. Um, good platform to kind of build on considering he's not been in good form. So hopefully, like from next game onwards, he can, he can continue that. Um, cool. So yeah. And then, and then I did watch of the highlights, and um, you mentioned Fafano's goal was a little bit lucky, but it, there were three corners back to yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that as well. Yeah, I don't think it was lucky. <laughs> I don't think it was lucky. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking about, not talking about, I'm talking about the, 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 it was a bit of like oh, a, the way like it broke a, to him. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I know mm, we, did, we did put a lot of pressure on them, and funny enough, me, me and my friends were watching the game, and mm. it, it kind of got sport, sport for us with, 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 like, with like a notification. 
But yeah. and obviously, because we were a couple of seconds behind, it was like one quarter, but another quarter, but another quarter. It was yeah, like, okay, yeah. all to Tiago. Pardon? All to Tiago Silva. Chilwell. It was Chilwell taking all of them, right? And it, finding Tiago Silva. Exactly, exactly. So we were putting pressure on them. Like, I'm not saying th- th- that was lucky, but I'm talking about like, yeah. the, the way the ball broke to him. Yeah. And then I, I talked about Fafana because I wanted to touch on the injury. So it looks like all the reports are saying it's four weeks. It's not going to be a long one. It was mm-hmm. moved before that. It might be a long one. But how was he before the injury? Yeah, he, he was He was fine. Um, I think Fafana actually had a really solid start to his Chelsea career. I think mm-hmm. the two games on the two we played... Um, I know we lost one of them against Zag- Zagreb and then beat West Ham. I think there were solid games for him. And then even yesterday, um, it's funny because yesterday they were um, Kulabali saw most of had to do most of the defending yeah. um, for the for the most part actually in that first half. There wasn't there was nothing really going down. Actually, no, Liao did go at him a couple like once or was that when Chalab was on? I can't remember. But it didn't seem like Everton had to do that much defending um, until we got injured. It was when Chalabar came on. That's when they started to kind of go down that left-hand side um, from what I can remember. But yeah, he was good. He was good overall on the ball. And I think he's he's had a quite, he's quietly gone about his business very well for Chelsea in yeah. his first few games. So yeah, it's a little, it's a shame about the injury to be honest, because I think he was, he was building really well, really well. But um, yeah, hopefully Chaloba can come in. Um, yeah, exactly. And show himself. And Chaloba was fantastic yesterday, by the way. Yeah. So that's what I was going to go into next. And then perhaps you can start with it. Well, obviously there's an injury, but like, I'm a fan of Chalabot. I think that, yeah. again, last season, I think that it was his debut season in the Premier League for a player that came on pre-season, nobody necessarily expected to be in the squad. He was fantastic. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, Again, players aren't robots. Most players don't sustain form across the whole season. Chalabot didn't too. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think that he's a quality player. And the responses from what I've seen is, he reminded people of how good he was yesterday. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, but I don't think he's been as bad as a lot of people have have been saying personally. And I just think it just took a, a bit of reminding against top level opposition for people to you know really put respect on his name. And I'm really happy for him, you know, to be able to get an opportunity yesterday under the bright lights, you know, because you know what they say that you know everybody watches the Champions League. So when you have a good game in the, in the UCL, it kind of like remains in people's heads. It's just like the neutral. So him mm. getting that kind of performance is always going to be good for his stock going forward. So it was really, really good for me to see. And just in terms of like how sharp he was, like it's like you said, Dan, him having his first season and being so such a good performer, such a consistent performer, in my in my opinion. Like I know a lot of people say he had like lows, but for me, I still think it was a, a strong, consistent season, you know, because that's his first season in the Premier League, his first season at a top level team and He's like a 50, 60 million pound player. A lot of people have been like, okay, you know, this is an amazing season that we, we, we're going to have because we give him a lot of time, you know, we're going to allow him to, I have to allow him to develop. But I feel like there's a bit of like a bias because obviously he's not really like this shiny new toy for people, you know, he's not like fresh, a fresh faced academy player, you know, he's coming in at like 16, 17. So like there's not as much hype. But mm. you literally saw it in his game yesterday. Like for me personally, I think he's our second or third best ball playing centre back in terms of his ability to carry the ball and play the ball. Like, He's he's just honestly so good, you know, in, in in that regard, and I really just wonder why people don't respect him as much. But hopefully they they start to do because you literally saw from when Barna came off and when he came on, there was no dropping quality at all. At all, there was absolutely zero dropping quality. You know, you saw a, a lot of reassurance and confidence from a guy who's you know he's been 
he's been going back at fans, you know, on social media. So you can like kind of see that it's you can see that it's, it's definitely playing playing on him, you know. On his yeah, mind. because like yeah, because when you think about it, sorry to cut you, like Chalabar yet yeah, last season, I don't think we didn't lose a game when Chalabar played. No, and that's not. I don't. Think, that's not a coincidence. When you I, look I still at, don't think we've lost the game we've been playing. Exactly. When you look at our best period, um, on the Tuchel, like that that autumn period, like October, November, Chalabar was playing every single game, and we weren't conceding goals. Do you know what I mean? He and he was actually actively contributing to how he played in terms of, like you mentioned, his ball play. He's so comfortable on the ball. He can bring the ball. He can um, progress it, dribbling. His passing is super underrated as well. Mm-hmm. Super underrated. I've seen him switch play. Um, from his side of the pitch to the other, effortlessly. I think because obviously he used to be, um, he's by trade, he's a midfielder, right? Um, so he's got so much quality, and especially against quick wingers like a Leal, Mane, you know, them guys there. I know Diaz, he played, came against Diaz in the League Cup. Um, and I think he held his own, even though he had a couple of moments beat him. Agreed, but when you've got Ch- Chalabar's got, he's very quick and very athletic. So yeah. on that side, if we have a, 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 if we're coming up against a fast wide player, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, not worried, do you know what I mean? Because I know yeah. he's got the capabilities to deal with it. Um, there's so, no way. All I'm saying is that the part are you've done okay so far, but if, if I see Aspi, I'm gonna be fuming because there's no but, way Aspi should, should be playing over him. Well, the the no good way. thing is, so Aspi was Aspi on the bench yesterday, yeah, he was on the Aspie bench. Was on the bench. Yeah. Came so, on so it was a good sign that he came on over, good right. sign, exactly, yeah, because, yeah, and so. <laughs> Chevy was warning Potter. I'm just saying. I'm just I know, saying. I know, I know, I know. Because <laughs> this boy deserves to play. That was like, like taken for a bit. You know what I'm saying? You go, <laughs> I'm a fan of you. I'm But uh, the, the thing is with um, Aspi is, it, I think it was too cool driven Aspi stayed. So it, I don't think Potter owes Aspi anything. So Potter has the freedom to do what he wants. And I'm glad that he went with Trevor over Fofana. But then I want to talk about Tamori because obviously Tamori is another defender here. And we got to see Champions League, highest level, a lot of young Cobham talent playing. Tamori, one of them. Um, so Trevor Chalabar, Tamori, I know Tamori has been kind of seen as, you know, one of the, the elite centre-backs for England. Everybody's saying that he should be playing for England. I Just like, without any bias, who do you think is the better centre-back, Trevor or Tamori? Oh, it's hard, you know, because the thing is, um, I think one thing as well, I've um, my my viewing of Chalabar in the back four has been limited, mm. um, so it's kind of hard to judge because I feel like they kind of play two different roles. But from what I've seen, uh, I uh, I think to <laughs> off Chelsea days, like Tomori, I rate Tomori really, really highly. So it's hard for me to say Chalabar. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. I will come back I, to you. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I need to ask. <laughs> yeah, but go no, ahead. Yeah, similar to Shem's work. What the way the best way I'm going to be able to summarize it is when I was watching Tomori play for us. Yes, he had good moments, but I still there was still moments where I was a bit worried, you know, and and a yeah. bit like like okay, he has some shaky moments. But with Chalabar, yeah, he's had those moments, but I don't. I think they've been a bit more few and far between. Yeah. Agreed with Shem is in the fact that you know we haven't seen him in the in the back four, but I don't think you have to put that much weight in into um, formation. In, in in that sense, but I I feel like they're two centre backs whereby like they have different strengths so that makes sense. Whereas I, I feel mm-hmm. like with Tomori, he's more like a traditional centre back. Like I, I feel like he's not your your ball player uh, as per se. He's more like you know one v one duels. You know he's gonna mm-hmm. win his duels. You know and actually like just dominate you as as a, as a centre back. Whereas I feel like with Chalabar, yeah, he can do that. But a lot of what you see, a lot of the quality you're gonna get him is him breaking lines. You know, by carrying the ball, and you know, offering what he can do on the ball with his passing, and just being 
in just been a lot more forward thinking in, in that regard. So it's a bit hard to um compare them, but I, don't, I, I feel don't like know. it'll be I feel like it'll be harsh for me to say one way, but for me personally, I'm I'm, I'm happy with Chalabar over over. Yeah. Okay, it's definitely so close. It's definitely close. I think yeah. on the I think on the ball, uh, I, I don't think I don't think there's a competition on the ball. I never yeah, on the ball, Chalabar. I'm going with Chalabar. Okay. But see, I mean, you just mentioned um, as part of the kind of arsenal of what Trevor has to offer, you talked about him against fast wingers in that one on one thing. And then Babs was just talking about, oh, yeah, but tomorrow he's one of those ones where actually you use him against fast wingers. So both of them in them regards, that's something as a comparable. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. for me, I'll just say it. I'll say my piece. All right. I've seen, from what I've seen of Tomori, obviously at Chelsea, it's not like he's been bad, but Trevor. Since he came in under Tuchel, all of those games he was playing, I haven't seen that level of consistency from Tomori. I just haven't. Um, when Tomori was playing with Rudiger sometimes and then Zuma sometimes with Lampard, yeah, he played well. But I just feel like um, Tomori, again, when you look at the full kind of like arsenal that he brings in terms of, I think, defending, like both of them have mistakes. Uh, both of them have, have showed mistakes. But I, I agree with Babs in terms of, I think, it took a while for those mistakes to come in for um, Chalabar because at first he was just solid. He was just solid for ages. Um, and I'm not even just talking on the ball and in attacking. Like defensively, he was holding his own against good wingers too. So for me, and obviously he's got a height and the aerial stuff too. So for me, like it's a no-brainer. Like I know like for me, it's a no-brainer. Like if you're, if you're asking me Trevor or Tamori, I'm, t- I'm freaking Trevor. Just quickly, I want to I want to just quickly ask you something because obviously I know what you said um, about consistency, level of consistency you've seen from Chalabon and Tomori. I was going to ask, do you think Tomori had the same opportunity to show that level of consistency? Because obviously Chalabon basically played a whole season quite consistently. Uh, Tomori played maybe yeah, two you know months and then got dusted. Do you know what it is? Tomori, what I'll say is that Tomori, Lampard gave Tomori a chance to come in. He did. And so, like, where it was that at first, it was kind of similar situations because Tomori came back from Derby. It was like, is he going on loan? Then all of a sudden, he's staying, so he's going to get opportunities. And I think the difference is with Chalabar, whenever, as soon as he got his opportunities, it looked like he belonged and like it looked like a no brainer. You have to play him compared to a Tomori. So, like, ever since that preseason when Trevor started to play, it was like, rah, this is a, this is a high level. And then you just had to come. And if he didn't play him, then it was like, what are you doing? You have to play him. And I think with Tamori, it didn't get to that level where it's like, oh, you have, well, to be fair, he had, I remember that Liverpool game where um, he came off the bench. After yeah, that's having a bridge. That was a high level performance, but I'm saying like, high, high level. The fact that I can remember that specific game, I think with Tamori, he put a chain of those type of games together. Um, so for, for me, anyway, it's a no brainer, Trevor. But obviously, it's not saying that Tamori's rubbish. But when Tomori's getting put up for the English squad, I feel like Trevor should be... Obviously, he's not starting yet. But I feel like if Trevor was playing regularly, then I think he can make it through. But that's that's enough on, on the Tomori-Trevor thing. Um, just talk about Koulibaly, because I saw it in the group chat. Um, perhaps you were saying that he was... Um, he started off shaky, and you mentioned it in your summary. But then I met me said during the game that he brought it back. And I think Jay said it too. He brought it back, etc., etc. Um, so what's your thoughts on Koulibaly after seeing, obviously, the full game? Um, I think Potter and Koulibaly have referenced the point that he needs to adapt um, and he hasn't been playing. So this is the first game under Potter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and and the, the rustiness must have shown at the beginning of the game, but then it seemed like he um, 
kind of grew into the game? Is that is that how you describe it? Um, I guess so. I don't think he had like a extremely like impressive performance for me personally. It wasn't like a performance where I was like, oh my god. I, okay, now I can see with the qualities. I still think there's a, a, a long way for him to go in terms of like being that top level centre back for us that we've seen with Rudiger. But I think a lot of that was also the fact that Milan kind of grew out the game, so he wasn't really being as tested as much. So there wasn't really as much for him to do. But we will definitely, hopefully, see a lot more for him going forward. But it's not really. I don't really think he was like a thing of like he up the level like like that. I feel like he started the game very shakily, and then like the nerves kind of settled down. I've been. From then, the tide of what Milan were offering, it kind of dropped off. And not just that, but you know, when you look at Milan's right hand side, they had a centre mid playing right wing in Krunic, and Dest wasn't really offering much, you know, down that side. So it wasn't really like he was being tested as much. And I definitely yeah. think when going into the season, we'll have to see a lot more from from him for us before we can say, okay, yeah, we're, we're good to go now. But, that, but that's I, just me personally. I, I personally think he was just eager to impress the manager. Yeah. Um, because um, what we were seeing yesterday, um, we hadn't seen from him in these first couple of games. So I, re- I can remember the Everton and, T- and Tottenham games particularly were very impressive. Um, and I feel like yesterday, yesterday, on top of the fact that obviously you know he, he hadn't played for a while and obviously in the first game on the match, I feel like he was just over eager to impress. Like I've, in the first few minutes, he was like engaging um, very quickly and giving away fouls. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's kind of what it is. What, what it was, sorry. Um, but yeah, I think he's still got a bit of convincing to do. But um, I I do believe in him in terms of um, what he what I've seen. You know, he 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 seems like he's a very good defender. Like and on the ball, he's amazing. Like his yeah. passing's amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I feel I feel like he's definitely got to be played a bit more from now on. UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every game from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time and extra time and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Give him more minutes so that he can kind of um, show a bit more what he can do. Um, But yeah. Okay. All right. And then I guess going into the field, so we had Kovacic and Ruben Loftus. Cheek in midfield against 
Tonali and Benacer. Now, it seems like a, ch- a lot of Chelsea fans, not just Babs, starting to grow into like these two players. There's always these debates about the pivot and how our pivot's not good enough and we need these new players, etc., etc. Um, I saw I saw the response after the game from one of the big kind of Chelsea influencers. He was like saying that they were pathetic, Tonali and Benacer. Um, so my question to you is, I know, Babs, you said they kind of started off well and then maybe Chelsea grew into the game. Tonali said that actually from gear one, Chelsea was another level. But in terms of the midfield battle, Shems, I'll come to you. Um, is it that our midfield or maybe just our general play made those two look bad? Because it seems like the viewing off after the game, a lot of Chelsea fans don't seem as impressed with those two. What, as in, they as in, don't seem as impressed with RLC and Kovacic? No, as in, as in the AC Milan and the... Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we, did, we did so well, we made them look, look bad. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely what it was. I think um, Ruben especially definitely dominated in there. Um, like I said, with his defensive work. Um, and we kind of just overpowered them. Um, it reminds me of like, you know, back in the day when we had like SEN and like, back like in there, it's just very physical. Lampard I mean, just overpowered teams in the middle. Um, I feel like I get that kind of vibe. Like when we have like Ruben and like someone else in there, like we can be very physical and just like out muscle. Um, teams in the middle um, and I thought that's kind of what happened yesterday um, we were very very dominant very strong um, in jewels and, and all of that so yeah I think it was definitely just the two um, Ruben and Kovacic being on their game I think Ruben was 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 clearly better Kovacic was was good but not as you know still not back to the Kovacic of last season but he was he was he was pretty good but I think yeah. Ruben was 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 a dominant one for sure and and so before I go into Babs if Ruben played so well what does that mean for Ruben do you feel like because central midfield, that's his position. Um, there has been questions in the past about defensively, but from what you're saying, it was a defensively a really good performance. Mm. So do you want to see him um, starting for us? Um, to be honest with you, I'm happy with, with the role he has now, like that rotational role. I feel like it's perfect for him. Okay. Um, Why, not start, Why not start if he's, if he's shined more than Kovacic? Um, what you just the reason why just long term I just feel like Kante and Georgina just better options. It's nothing to do okay. with him really. Um, I just feel like when when we play like if we need to play like I don't know Champions League final tomorrow, my go to is Kante and Jorginho. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, Kante, we might as well talk about the Kante thing now because Kante mm-hmm. allegedly. Well, let's, let's, let's finish on the midfield first. Let's finish on the midfield first. Okay, we, Babs, we you take over. You host. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but yeah, for, for me personally, I, I don't think Coverage had the best of games, but I think one thing that Ruben did really well was just, you know, being dominant in his duels, similar to what Shem said. So that's definitely like a good weapon to have in the middle of the park, whereby we're not the most physical of midfields. And when, when we don't have cancer, we're not really as combative. So having like a Ruben there is, is definitely a good offering. I think you can definitely be a star at the moment with um, Kante and Jorginho out injured, but I'm not sure if long-term I'd want him as my star midfielder. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely good to see him, you know, being confident in his play and just being a lot more like actual, actually confident in his physical ability, especially, if that makes sense. Because there was a bit of a while whereby like, you can kind of see like he didn't want to go into, into duels as much. He wasn't really like engaging with that opposition, etc. So seeing him doing that a lot more now is definitely a positive to see and hopefully it carries on for the long-term future. Where do you rank uh, Ruben off the cheek? Obviously, World Cup's coming up. Some people might say he has an outside chance. When we're looking at midfield for England, obviously, Phillips went to Man City. 
might have been a bad move for him because he's not playing. Now, Southgate might just trust these dogs and he might bring Phillips anyway. But Yeah, Southgate definitely will, will do it. I think so. Right. But sometimes, like, you become, what are they, unavoidable, un- unignorable. You know what I'm saying? And, and Undeniable. Undeniable. That's this is what I'm, this is why you should host. But <laughs> Bellingham, obviously, is shining. Um, so he's going to be there. But with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I'm just trying to think. In terms of pe- players that play in the pivot, because obviously mm. England will play a pivot, how many English players can you think of that are better than him as a pivot player? I can't lie. They're not, they're not that many. I can't lie to you. If you're talking about in the deeper position, there aren't that many still. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There really isn't. <laughs> I think it's a better option. I think it's a better option than Henderson. Okay. Um, and I think he has um some qualities that Rice doesn't have. So I'm not gonna lie to you. I think he would he would he would give England something. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if God, would I take him? Yeah, absolutely. I would. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not sure if him and Bellingham would work. I feel like him and Rice would make more sense. Um mm. I feel like him and Bellingham are kind of similar, but I'd have to watch Bellingham a bit more. Mm. But I'd absolutely take mm. him. I can't lie to you. Babs, what are you thinking? Um would I take him? It's a bit weird. How many midfielders go? Because I know it's obviously the five at the back, so it's not really as many midfielders, but he's definitely nowhere near like my options in terms of like, who I'd bring going forward into the midfield. But who, who's I, there? It's Rice right and Bellingham, sure. really. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but like for, for me, I don't see it. It's like, okay, I'm going to take deep watches. I'm going to take... I'm just thinking about overall midfield. Overall. Hey, let's not overcomplicate it, Babs. All right? Think back to the double pivot. How many players... <laughs> How many English players do you think are definitely better than RLC in the pivot? That's all I'm asking. I'm trying, I'm trying, I, have to, I have to have a, li- a list of English players. Like that is that's difficult. That, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. This is an RLC board. But you know what? Okay, so RLC had a great game. Um, pivot done well. Kovacic, I saw a lot of people saying he's not back to his best. Um, let's talk about... Is it time to talk about Reese James? Yeah, why not? Um, I feel like it's time to talk about Reese every week, man. This this guy is doing something new every week, man. Do we need a do we need a segment? I feel it's like it may just have to be called, become Reese James Hour from now on. Reese James Hour, not James Hour. We did it. You don't have to copyright over his name, but if you do give it to us, then maybe we'll think about it. But what's, <laughs> what's um what's I gonna say again? Tiago Silva after the match, and I remember when William was doing a stream, and they was asking. Them, him about young Chelsea players, and he was like Reese James, Reese James. Like he was like, there's a few players, but Reese James, Thiago Silva. After the match, he was talking to the Brazilian press, and he was saying that he could be one of the best right backs in the world. Like I can't remember if he said ever or in the world, but it was just high praise. And Thiago it was, Silva, it was definitely ever because he's really one of the best in the world. Okay, let's not let's not let's not big him up too much. Let's not go. Oh, Come on, man. Hey, listen, man. He's already top three. Let's let's be serious. He's already okay, top three. Okay, let's just calm down though at the same time. But Thiago so it's like what I'm saying is even like you know, the Real Madrid players after the game, they singled him out. I'm talking about in the Champions League. Um, was it last season and stuff like that? Yeah. But um, yeah, Reese James is and like obviously Trent is coming in for criticism, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But so the performance, I didn't see the performance. Obviously, he scored the goal. Um, but talk to me about the performance. Educate me, please, somebody. You know what? I think um, Rio, Rio's analysis after the game was spot on because he he kept it objective. Um, because what what he said was what actually happened. So obviously, in the first half, there was like the first couple times Leal got the ball, 
Um, he, he let James know that he's, he's active. Do you know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't say he necessarily took it past him on any of the occasions. Um, he, some he people definitely got say, past him a couple of times. Was, but there was what I don't know, because anyway, I'm not going to get into technicalities. Um, but yeah, he got past him a couple of times and let James know that he's in for a little bit of, in for a game. And then um, second half, James just said, you know what? I'm going to be mad aggressive. Um, and every time Leah got the ball, James was on him, just winning it off aggressively um, and literally just completely nullified Leah out of the game. Um, and I think on top of that, um, he then went to contribute, you know, um, assisted for Aubameyang and scored a fantastic goal into the top corner. Um, and I think it's just like, it's just typical Reese James. He showed yesterday that he's a solid defender and he's just as good going forward. He's got, he's, he's the complete right back in terms of like, he doesn't have, and next to zero deficiencies in terms of you know um weaknesses in his game um very very strong defensively Liao could you could not influence the game um and i think with reese james he's literally solidifying himself right now and i think what was interesting is that um when he scored his goal um like there was a moment where the camera kind of went up to him and he was like kind of like nodding his head like very confidently and to me i don't know if anyone else has done this but to me is it felt it feels as if reese james is He's starting to kind of recognize himself that he's that guy in that position. Do you know what I mean? It seems like he knows it himself. Even the tweet um, on Saturday about Palok and Zaha, like I don't know, some people may call it arrogant, but I feel like it's just him. He just knows that he's he's yeah. he knows that right now he is the top right back in the country and one of the top right backs in the world. Um, and I think that confidence is just oozing out of him of him every single game. And literally, the tra- the trajectory he's on right now is is so so high that. It's scary to, to think about that. The fact he's only 22 now, if he can continue on that trajectory, where he can reach to, it's actually scary to think about. But um, I, I feel like the confidence is oozing out of him he, and he's starting to know to un- recognise himself that, you know, he's one of, one of if not the best right-backs um, in the world, definitely the best right-back in the country. Um, and yeah, like that can only be good for us because you know what? It, he's just confident, mad, mad confident right now. Yeah. The cha- I was going to say this, the Champions League light suit him. I don't know what is about Champions League, but oh, it, there's a different aura that kind of descends. You know, you know, you know, what, you know they said that there's a glow. There's a mist. It's got. A, there's a glow. Do you know what I'm saying? And it suits him. And where Shemi talks about the kind of cockiness and arrogance after scoring, I remember he had that same thing after Ajax. Do you remember when he scored at Ajax? Yeah. He had it. He had it. That, and remember the Juve goal as well. The, yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm saying exactly. the Juve goal as well. But this is this is what I'm saying. The Champions League night suits him. Like the best players. They even kind of go up to a whole new level on these big nights. And for I know that people talk about it's a right right. He is playing right wing back. We do have to be honest. So he does have a little bit more liberties to get forward and back as to the wing back role. But yeah, like he's definitely a cog going both ways. Like and one thing that I noticed as well is that in the Champions League, maybe because I'm thinking about Reese James, obviously we've seen him do bits in the Premier League, but I just feel like I'm seeing him in the Champions League, you know, kind of shine a lot. And I think maybe it's just because there's more space because Premier League teams, they don't back themselves, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're playing against AC Milan, they're going to, you know, obviously like Italian teams were known for being defensive, but this AC Milan team seems progressive and that kind of might leave space. Um, And so maybe we'll see an even better, like maybe Reese James on the Champions League would get to see more of his attacking capability as well because there's just more space for him to get in those areas to cause damage. I don't know if you have any takes yeah. on that. I think that's actually a very good observation. Like, 
the games are a lot more open. That even though they're they're a lot more like tactically detailed, there's definitely a lot more space for players to show their quality yeah. in, in that regard. And I feel like a lot of it as well is it feels like the Champions there's a lot more like one v one duels if that makes sense. I don't know if yeah. that like you, you see a lot more like narratives and battles. And the mm-hmm. fact that you will see like the, the big striker going up against like the the, set, the centre backs like Diaz versus Benzema last season or like Vinicius or versus Reese James. James yeah. Vinicius, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you, you kind of see those a, a lot more in, in my opinion in the Champions League. Whereas I feel like. In the prem, I feel like it's what you just said. They're like, I feel like not that there's a lot more to like riding on it, but there kind of is, you know, in terms of like the whole relegation and all yeah. about. So I feel like I, I definitely get what you're saying in that regard. And yeah, yeah. We, we may just see more from going forward, you know, in the Champions League. So it'll definitely interesting to follow. And yeah, yeah. What about okay? So I know that Fabs, you're a massive Leal fan, but if you never watched him, and this is going to be the same for you, Shems, off of the back of last night alone. Because I've seen obviously that run that he did, but then everyone was saying apart from that he did nothing. Um, so just if you were to come across this player based off of just last night alone, would you f- be thinking actually this is a player that Chelsea should sign? So we'll start with you, Shams. Yeah, I would. Even though it was only a couple of glimpses, you can see the threat that he carries, um, and I think there's a, there's there's kind of context in terms of why it was only a couple of times, and I feel like it's just genuinely because. Um, number one, Milan was just was just really bad, and mm. number two, um, we actually had uh, we we managed to kind of nullify him like out of the game in terms of keeping the ball, and Milan couldn't really build anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, in the glimpses that he had the ball, it, yeah. I think it was clear. It was so clear that this guy is a dangerous, dangerous player. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, to to answer your question, yes, it it, it would be um, a player that I would be like, oh yeah, let's get him if that was the first ooh, time I watched. Oh yeah, oh yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Babs, uh, yesterday was the first time you saw this player play. You didn't even recognize the name. Off, mm. of, uh, off of yesterday's performance, would you be like, "Yeah, let's go get that guy"? Hey, listen. If yesterday was the first time, because today was the first time, if I was a blind man, I'd still be saying yes. <laughs> like that, that, that. I, I feel like there's just so much superstar potential that you you can see from him. You know, like I was speaking to uh, one one of my um, you know, if Chelsea our friends, you know, in, in, in Jermaine, and he he, he mentioned. I remember we've been going back and forth about Leon. I've been like, trust me, like, this is the guy. And he was like, Babs, like, I didn't know he can dribble like this in, in tight spaces. And <laughs> I feel like there, there were so many spaces, there were so many like glimpses of like quality that you got to see yeah. from him. There, there like, is one that game, like, like oh, sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Carry on. I was gonna say, oh. yes, yeah, so there, there were so many glimpses that you could see in terms of like his actual qualities on the ball, you know, his ability to like de accelerate, you mm. know, just like have this like flair which just like gets fans off their seats. I feel like it's just. There's yeah. so many qualities that he has that are just priceless. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what it was? Uh, Shems, you can come in later, but I, I remember Sam from Chessie Hour. I'm, I'm saying your name, name dropping you. But I remember he was saying, ah, oh, he can't do what he's doing in Serie A to the, in the Premier League because there's loads of space and et cetera, et cetera, because of the Lukaku thing, Serie A tax. But what I saw of that run that he does that in Serie A, and yeah, me and Sam have been going back and forth. For you, and he was saying, Oh, yeah, Serie A tax that's the reason why, etc. etc. But a lot of people say actually it's more tactically difficult as for attackers in Serie A. And what Leal showed yesterday is sometimes people, I know, like, I think sometimes people get lazy and people get maybe a little bit arrogant as well. And I think that run alone. Because it was strength too. It was strength. It was quick feet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. acceleration. Sharpness. Mm-hmm. Tight yeah, spaces as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so 
everyone saw that and said, oh, yeah, because of Syria are. But I think he showed that actually, no, he can nah, probably do damage yeah. in the Premier League too. He can, he can yeah. definitely do in the Premier League, definitely. And, 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 for, and for me, you know, as, as, as somebody that's watching, I feel like there's, 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 there's a level that he's going to reach if he comes to the Premier League, if that makes sense. Like, I just feel like mm. Sorry, sometimes competition... What, what I'm gonna say now. I, I, I think you're gonna be able to reach that Mbappe Harlem level. Whoa, I don't man! Care. I'm, saying, I'm saying it probably. I don't care. Oh, I'm saying it probably. Jesus, I think you can reach that kind of I, level. Listen, I'm proud of Babs because Babs. I feel no. like you can reach that kind of level. In Babs terms doesn't of like to put his name to anything. So Mbappe, I feel like can definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh, just, just, just in terms of like just the elect- electricity in the way he plays, his confidence. Yeah. I just feel like there's just so many, so many qualities that he has. You know what's so funny about Leo? You know what's so funny about Leo? I remember watching, um, was it Lil? Lil, yes. He had, a, he had a run at striker. But I remember watching Lil for Pepe, and both of them look very similar. Because, like, this is before Leo had the dreads and all the, you know, the shit locks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and yeah, so, short hair, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so both of them, and I remember I was watching Lil for Pepe because obviously, like, he'd been scoring goals, so I wanted to see his player. And then... I, I remember whenever I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he is cold. And it was like, oh, no, that's Leo. Oh, yeah, he is cold. And that's Leo. And I was thinking, hmm, this, this Leo actually looks good. But then obviously Pepe was getting a lot of the goals. Listen, a lot of them was pens anyway. But I think it's crazy because I, I literally remember watching Lil for Pepe and then being impressed with the Leo one. But I didn't know if he was young or old or whatever. Um, and then to see like where he's gone now, he does look like he is a top talent, um, and he's scoring goals. He's got he's got a strength. I think the strength has helped him too because yeah, comparing, yeah, comparing like he looks taller, bigger, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of with Chelsea fans once they see a player against them, that's when they all get on the bandwagon. So I think a lot of Chelsea fans will back it now anyway. I, I, um, I think, sorry, just quickly, just on the laughing. I think yeah. he can definitely. Um, I think he's definitely got world class potential. I'm not sure if he's going to be in back at Ireland level, but I think he's definitely got world class potential and put up a good amount of numbers in the Prem. Um, but one thing I did want to say before, um, might be a good then, I don't know, um, is that obviously it looks like Chelsea are kind of got um, in, um, in Kunku, um, but obviously Chelsea fans still want Liao. And I was just thinking, like, how do people think that's going to work? Um, right. Obviously, Sterling's still here, and 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 I think we we kind of need to be careful, um, as as we've been saying um, about the numbers um, of having too many bodies to fit in and stuff. Because um, in in Kunku yesterday, he he looked fantastic. I can't lie to you, he looked fantastic. You watched the full game. You watched the full game. I watched um, the second half, and he looked he he looked fantastic. So did, did he look better than Leo? Yes, yes, he did. He did. Yeah, but who did they play against? Of course, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. They play against Celtic, so you asked me a question, I asked, did it? But anyway, no, but I, I got is... a bit aggressive. I got a bit aggressive. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my the way Dan, Dan asked questions, oh god, <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, like, you, you can feel the it's pressure. Sad, but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just intrigued to how Chelsea fans think that would work. Like, no, it is interesting. It is interesting. I feel like this is why we. It has to be like there has to be planning. It's interesting because it seemed like the Nkunku thing was kind of like sorted in the Tuchel era. And not only has Potter come in, but he's brought in his guys too. And it seems like we're getting a director of football too. So it's like this Nkunku thing, does it make sense to just wait before we actually sign on the dotted line to kind of figure out? Because essentially what will happen across the season is we will hopefully find out some players that we can rely on. And then like, let's say Aubameyang this season scores like 22 goals, right? And when then we brought on Kunku. 
but then you're also getting let like it'll be a mess. Do you know what I'm saying? So I agree with Shems, not in terms of because I think listen, I think if we could get Leo even early, I think we can get him. Because there's been too many occasions where I've seen where kind of people talk themselves out of things. I remember with Wenger at the time, it's like, no, we got Sesk. That that's why we can't go for Modric. And then Sesk runs off to Barcelona and leaves, you know, Arsenal in the lurch. And I feel like um I think if you can get an amazing player, if you believe this player can be world-class and better than a lot of your attackers, then you bring them in. But I also think in that same regard, then you have to look at your attack and say, okay, that means these players have to leave. I think you have to have conviction and you can't just stockpile and create a mess. Um, so I'm I'm for bringing players in, but at the same time, you have to have the conviction and then tell other players to go because you can't just have seven, eight players. Um, so with that being said, is there anything else we have to cover before we end Chelsea Hour? Um, obviously, you know, I guess we've got the Milan second leg, you know, next week, and then we've got Wolves um, mm-hmm. on Saturday, and Wolves have a potential new manager bouncer. I guess that'll be interesting to see because I, I feel like our last couple of games against Wolves have been a, there've been a lot of draws. From are we at home or are we away? Or probably we're, away we're at home. We are at home, but. You know, it doesn't seem that that's really made an, an effect on us <laughs> this this season. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But yeah, I thought like Wolves should be a good game. They're a team that struggled to score, so it'll be a good test because even though they do struggle to score, they, they have been a bit solid defensively. So it'll be interesting to see how we do against them. But then obviously the Milan game. They've got good players. They've got, they've got Diego Costa as well, which is mm, not good. Mm. Costa had a good cameo last. I week. don't think. Wait, did Costa play last week? Yeah, he came on and then he. Yeah. Said, he came up and he set up. You know, you know, that, you know that Ian Wright meme, like, I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know you were like, still alive. <laughs> but also, when you watch him play, he looked like a danger. Yeah, I know, like, yeah. in everybody's head that he's done, but no, he looked like a danger. And Wolves are a good team. And then he looked like, yeah, this is what they've been missing. And he's a mm-hmm. shit house. And he's mm-hmm. going to be against Chelsea, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, imagine him against Thiago Silva. Uh, Thiago Silva. We didn't touch on Thiago Silva, but Thiago Silva, I know, Babs, you said it a little bit, but Thiago Silva. Too elite, too elite. I just, yeah, and and the, the the funny thing is, obviously, Tuchel brought him in. You said best centre back in the Prem. I feel like sometimes, because this whole Van Dijk etc. I feel like he's shown levels to Van Dijk. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think even, even Van Dijk his piece. I'm sorry. I think he's shown levels because the way the concentration in his game and just the eliteness in everything he does. But anyway. What was I saying again? What was I saying? What was, let me try and find my train. You were eulogizing for a second. Yeah, but it's obviously Thiago Silva versus Diego Costa. Um, so, yeah, I think we need Thiago Silva there because Diego Costa is a menace and it's going to be against Chelsea. So, yeah, Wolves is going to be an interesting. One. I think Wolves are a good team. And obviously, um, I don't know if they're going to have their new manager in, but they've got a lot of players that can hurt us. Um, but, yeah, I guess we can end there. Uh, thank you, Babs and Shems, for carrying it because I didn't get to watch the game in full. Thank you, Chelsea Hour listeners, for listening. And as you always do, share it with a friend and we will be back next week. Peace. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club! Chelsea again. He will never be forgotten. He's in. Hard. Just came back.
Dante They do threads on Twitter and ranting Doing the most True say that money is power So when you get money, keep fighting Ghost Ghost I remember when I shot my shot But I didn't have guap So I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal And it Sports Social Podcast Network